This is a post-Christian podcast. So, um, Afterglow, talking about grace and um, kind of reclaiming grace. Um, does anybody have any feedback, thoughts on that? This is not mandatory, so. Well, I was just maybe wanting to throw a question out. Um, yeah. What do people think is like the closest uh, synonym to the word grace? Like, I feel like the word grace um, isn't used very often, and so I, I guess in my head, like, is compassion perhaps the closest word that people would use, or is there something else that comes to your all's mind? A, a classic in the evangelical circles is unmerited favor, but that would indicate. I I think grace is so freely given, unmerited favor doesn't capture it. All right, it's, got, uh, it's a term on its own. Yeah, I think it's a it's a. Caputo uses a, the un- the unconditional a lot. Yeah. He also calls God the unconditional too, though, right? Yeah. But he also thinks about grace here. See, unconditional is much better than unmerited. Yeah. Because um, people are always, people want to make faith capitalism. Like, what's the price for this? Yeah. You know, uh, that's where, you know, propitiatory suffering, suffering that Christ had to die, he was the sacrifice like Abraham's sacrifice that's a bunch of BS um, Christ died because he just did what God called him to do and uh, a gift and definitely unconditional gift I think unconditional gift would be closest um, it's something that when I realized what it is, then my loving reaching out for people, I get criticized a lot for being codependent because my door is always open to other people, whether or not they're staying sober. But I, I think that's what I'm called to do. You know, so when people say, Bob, you're, you're enabling them, I'll say, yeah, I am. You know, period. That's the way that I am. Well, and I think for me, the same thing happened when, when I was younger and really discovering grace was meeting, meeting um, people who... I met a pastor, D.E. Polk, and he, he um, just accepted me where I was at. You know, he just... just um, enabled me. Basically, he would be like, okay, if you're drunk, call me and I'll pick you up. Yep. Yep, exactly. There wasn't a thing of like, no, don't drink because this is it. You're going to lose your salvation. Or if you drink, I won't pick you up. Yeah, so do this and I'll come pick you up. Just loved me unconditionally. And to me, I ended up in AA because all of a sudden I wasn't afraid that God hated me. I was going like, oh, I'm kind of screwing up my life. I'm kind of putting other people in danger. This isn't a God thing. You know, God 
as I understood God at the time, God loved me. I figured out God loved me if I was drunk on the side of the street or if I was preaching to 10,000 people. It didn't matter. And so that was why I was able to kind of change because the, that fear and that trade-off system was dead. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think, like, something that I was thinking about was um, grace being, like, an unconditional acceptance of what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Because, That's good. Because there's, like... And it relates to what you just said because, like, you have to meet people where you are, where they are, not because you should, but because you literally have to. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to make a difference in somebody's life, if you want to change your own life, you can't approach it from, like, a should. Like, here's this ideal, this is what I'm going to push you towards, or this is what I'm going to push myself towards. Right. You have to, like, accept what's in front of you first and I think from then from that point is where whatever kind of growth nurturing etc can take place yeah that's good thanks Thank <laughs> yeah I I really don't like being it's very difficult for me to breathe yeah. and um, I'm very weak from my heart condition. And as I was walking in, I was thinking, golly, I should probably just go home and lay in bed. Yeah. But then I thought, well, I can be here and feel bad or go home and feel bad. <laughs> so the rule is what I wanted to be here for you more. For me, I would have gone home and gone to bed. Yeah. And also I have to pack up because I'm going up on the North Shore tomorrow. Um, but uh, Grace is... How can I be here for other people? Screw me. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Um, and my and my betting on things in life as being centered in grace uh, has, I hate to say this, has paid off much better than if I had gone just my own route um, in ways that you would not understand or know. Um, I've been so blessed. You know, if you would have told me when I got out of treatment in 75 that I would be living in the home I'm living in and having the life that I live, I would have said, you're crazy. I figured in recovery, I'd always have a one-bedroom, I mean, an efficiency apartment with a little hot plate for my stove Right. um, because I'd screwed so much up and I was so much in debt. All of that much different and I didn't do it to make it much different I did it because it was what I felt God called me to do so grace is definitely unconditional favor that God has given me and even in this I don't want to live a long time now Yeah. but I'm, I just might I hope so yeah Do you have any feedback? Uh, you forgot it? <laughs> That's okay. Thanks for watching. Um, why did Caleb quit? <laughs> I, I, I think it's something about just responding to what is grace. It is, it's like 
her, like you were saying, it's almost like almost Christianese. Yeah. You don't hear people without a religious background, I don't think, using that term ever. It doesn't always have to be the context of church. But I feel like if you say, I've received a lot of grace today, you know, I feel like you're probably, I'm going to suspect you're raised evangelical or, or you know, some sort of, probably Protestant, maybe Catholic, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's probably uh, adjacent to love. I think she's loving, you know, grace going hand in hand. And, I don't know, I guess it's maybe, maybe it's love being enacted over and over without discrimination. Yeah. Maybe. It's like Brendan Manning yeah. didn't feel crappy when he would relapse, he would come back. And at no point did he ever say, boy, I was really bad when I relapsed. It was just, um, I'm back. Uh-huh. That's good. That allows me to come back time and time again without guilt or shame. Uh, he's quite a guy. Yeah. Brandon Manning really showed me a lot about grace. He wrote his last book was It's All About Grace. And he shared about all of his relapses and everything that he was going through. And I was doing like the math. I was like, that was happening when I was seeing him speak, you know. And he was talking about, you know, telling lies and in his sermons and all this stuff. And he just let it all go. You know, and I actually got to write a blurb for that book, and I was just like, this is the grace that everybody fears. The grace that has relapses in it. The grace that doesn't, you know, make you a saint overnight. At least in a, in a, in a works of the sense of the word. And it doesn't kill you when you do, like, following this example, when you do relapse or when you do screw over a friend or something like that. You know, it's like, I'm going to probably adjust my boundaries in the way that I treat you. I'm not going to just get walked over if you keep hurting or, or if I can see you keep hurting yourself. Yeah. But, like, my love's not going to I can speak to it, too. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard the word grace since I've been in church, like, a dozen years ago. And I'm wow. showing up here and hearing you guys talk about it is very uncomfortable. <laughs> But I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to how you're defining it and how it's showing up in your language. And I think I, I still don't really like the word, but I think I know I have a sense of maybe what you're talking about. And it sounds like just, um, I, I, like, I like what you said, Eli, excuse me, Ellie, Ellie, excuse me. I knew how it was spelled in my head. Um, it's kind of like saying yes to reality. It's saying yes to humanity. It's disregarding these uh, ideas that we have about humans being ideal. Yes. Ideal according to us and our values. Ideal according to our religion's values. Ideal to how we think humanity should be. And instead, we're just like, this is humanity. This is the state of humanity. That we are whole beings with behaviors that we don't want to do and behaviors that we're really happy that we do and we all have this complex persona and I think that's what I think that's what you guys are saying grace is embracing the entire picture of the person and not being selective it's not compartmentalizing someone's identity and it's embracing it all but like Caleb is saying also setting appropriate boundaries if that person is injuring you or stepping over your personal boundaries so it's it's a very nuanced concept, and um, and I like 
I like that idea because I think I'm fleshing that out in my own life, but I wasn't using that word. Right. It was just like this kind of acceptance and, and celebration of humanity in all of its good, bad, whatever good and bad means. Yeah. Um, and just kind of loving it and being present with that, that reality of our species and how we are. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's a good way of putting it. I, I, one of my friend Pete Rollins also said that, uh, make sure I word this right, it's freedom from, grace is freedom from the pursuit of happiness. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's told we want to be happy, we want to do this, we, you know, what, what, even being American tries to sell us. We're yeah. free from that. I, um, sometime, maybe about a year ago, I started to do a 10-step, which is a moral inventory on a nightly basis with one of my sponsees. The second time we did it, he said, this is where, you know, have you had fear today? Have you hurt anybody today? What is there that you've done that you don't want to talk about? And we honestly respond to those questions. The second time we did it, he said, God, you're not as together as most people think. Now, a lot of people would be highly offended, but I felt really good when he said that. Because... That's the truth. I'm not as together as I would like to make you think I am. Right. You know, uh, it's God's grace that makes me together. Um, so, yep. Any burning desires, Kurt? You look like you're mulling well, some more. I I did um, have a similar thought in my head, I guess, when you had that sermon a couple weeks ago with the story about me. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of wanted to say uh, that I wanted to try to defend my dishonor. Uh, <laughs> but I refrained from doing so. But uh, but yeah, there are... Uh, and we go out and talk and you know fucked up things about me. And I do. so... Um, <laughs> but you didn't share them publicly, which is probably for the best. But... Uh, but yeah, it's good when people can see you uh, and the messed up components of you and can accept you as you are. And maybe they can accept themselves a little bit better because you shared those sort of things with them. And they can understand... Uh, uh, we keep talking about Pete, but he has a phrase that um, we have the, uh, the... There's a myth of the uncircumcised other that other people have they're, they're whole and complete when really everyone everywhere is broken maybe there's some degrees but there is a brokenness within every single human being that's ever existed and uh, if we have the myth in our head that the default or the the common thing or that or that there is an existence at all that there are other people that are complete and whole without brokenness um, it leads us to want that and by that wanting that pursuit of completeness within ourselves because we think it exists in other people that is what brings unhappiness and maybe grace is the recognition that there is no uh, perfection that can be can be gotten that we have to give ourselves grace with who we are and what we are what other people are 
So I think uh, that reminds me a lot. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brene Brown, but I'm in love with her, and I think she's just absolutely brilliant. Um, what was that Brene. Brene. Brene Brown. Okay. She, she has a Netflix special right now, but she has she's written a lot of books too. She's a she's got a PhD in social science, I think it is. But what you said reminded me of a thing that she says. She has this whole thing about vulnerability and being willing to be vulnerable. And she's a storyteller as well, so she always has these anecdotes that she's. Um, talking about and she talks about how she moved through graduate school trying to be a perfectionist and and having to let go of that but so the willingness to like be vulnerable with somebody is her one of the things she argues for is sort of integral integral to finding worthiness of yourself which I think is maybe tangentially related to grace I think like we 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 want to feel worthy of grace uh, we want to feel worthy of happiness and we do things in our life to pursue happiness um, and we I think a lot of times sort of present this compartmentalized perfect, view of ourselves to the world mm-hmm. but when we can have the courage to be vulnerable and talk about a lot of the things that you know you guys have been talking about in here with in terms of addiction and all this stuff like that is what like connects us I think it encourages us to give grace to others but yeah I'd recommend checking her out she's yeah. brilliant and funny and yeah, yeah she's pretty awesome I have a question so when we're talking about brokenness, what does everyone mean by that? Yeah, it's funny. This is something I think that's come up the past month or so. Like, I know, Kurt, you kind of have talked to me about this both here and then when we've been hanging out just together. Yeah, you can eat that one too. Uh, is, is like, we're referring to a constructed, external, like, constructed uh Assumption that's that kind of saturates our society that there can be something that's not broken, or like, or that there can be something that is perfect, or that there can be at least a goal of perfection. But like, the universe is really more so. I just think total chaos, and like, there's it kind of infers that you can get there one day. You know, you can be fully happy one day. You can get even maybe this is a little bit of a stretch but you can get better from depression or from alcoholism like you can stop being an alcoholic or whatever you know and I, I think that the kind of when we, I think we're borrowing the term brokenness because I think that we've kind of come to a place at least you and I I think personally to where it's like and, and please uh, you know edit and revise anything that I'm saying here that's not fully what you were what you expressed before but it seems like this idea that like yeah we're there's not a, a black and white there's not a, a perfect uh, thing to work towards it's great to work towards improving yourself but but like saying that you're broken implies a whole worldview yes. that says that there are things that are not broken preach yep yeah and I think uh, another term I guess <laughs> I think another term that could be used and it's used more in Buddhism is the concept of emptiness that uh, we all have egos, obviously, um, but that ego can get us in the way of recognizing emptiness. There's, there's some, in some sort of way, 
there isn't a curve. There's just a succession of experiences. And really, I'm made up of those experiences. I'm, I'm made up of other people. And in some reality, like, I am other people. And there isn't anything that is me. So in that way, there's... Uh, I, I see brokenness in that concept as well. And it's a very Buddhist idea. The idea that uh, I don't need to have my soul get saved to go to heaven because I don't... There is no soul that can be saved. That I am nothing. That I don't exist. And that, that same concept is in the, this death of God theology or reform... Or, sorry, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, radical theology. It's the idea of kenosis that God was transcendent and that he gave up, emptied himself, and became a human being. And that our ego can do the same thing. We, we think of ourselves as this transcendent entity within us, but our goal should be to be like Jesus, to empty ourselves into the world, into the here and now, into the present moment, and uh, engage with it for what it is on its own terms. And by doing so, we can bring... Uh, divinity to reality, I think. If we get, if we die to ourselves, die to our ego, become broken or empty. And I definitely need to do a better job, I think, of emptying myself uh, in order to fully participate in this whole world and reality. Right on. Thanks, everybody. It was cool. Those were really great. Good job, Benny. I really like what you said. That was a post Christian podcast.